Podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Boy. What? Boy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you are listening to the Everyman Podcast here for the first time, you wouldn't know any better. But if you do wow. listen to the podcast every week, you will know that that was a special <laughs> version of the Everyman Podcast intro. And I'll tell you what, it was a Hell fresh yeah, remix from none other than our guest today, DJ Siege, CJ Brooks himself. And you know what? We Hell just yeah, heard bro. that for the first time just now. First time. And uh, we said, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do it live. Yeah. What? Yeah, let's go for it. Come on. Dude. Sick. How sick Absolute was that? Absolute sick. And Nuts. like if I if I didn't think I could have a higher opinion of CJ Brooks after the last oh, man. hour and, Stud, and change. bro. Stud. Uh, Ninja. Gosh. Awesome. Incredible athlete. Uh, yeah generous compassionate uh, oh yeah passionate about his craft entrepreneur forward thinker i mean yeah is there anything else to call him than an everyman man unbelievable like fully present fully engaged understands what it's all about not just the right now but for the future i mean yeah everyman that's in a nutshell man absolute everyman. Absolute every man. And, you know, we, we talk about his career in college and how he played against Daryl. And anytime I get to hear about my, my man Daryl on the football field from somebody who had had to deal with him uh, firsthand, it's always always a treat for me. And I'm sure you guys will enjoy hearing about that. And, uh, you know, his transition into the NFL and then life after football in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we talk about music and, and some of our favorite hip hop groups over the over the years and you know, uh, and then you know he's 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 a he's a community focused, community driven, motivated guy, and he's you know yeah. doing things to help kids learn to code. You know, uh, breakbeatcode.com. Um, all this all the show notes, definitely check it out today. Uh, it's going to have all the links and and all the stuff there for for CJ Brooks. And, and I'll tell you what, bro, I don't want to wait another minute. Let's get it with uh, Mr. CJ Brooks. Do it. Do it. CJ Brooks, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Justin? How you hey, doing, Darryl, brother? What's going on, gang? What's up, baby? Welcome to the I'm Everyman Martin. Podcast. CJ Brooks, you are a man of many hats. You are a former NFL player. You're a businessman. You're an entrepreneur. You're a DJ, content creator. What? What's up? Where are you? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm in Philadelphia, PA, currently. Um, Potentially moving, not even potentially, soon to be making the move to New York. Um, ah. Yeah, I'll be moving to uh, somewhere north of the city, so not necessarily New York City, more than likely like Terrytown or somewhere right outside, so still accessible. But I'm uh, making a yeah, move. I'm just uh, here living life, doing my thing, you know, trying to uh, keep things moving, as they say. 
I love it. How long you been it. in Philly? I've been in Philly for about uh, 10 years. Um, that uh, landed me here right after my my stint playing uh, football. So um, once I was done in the NFL, um, I, my, well, my now ex-wife, uh, she was from Philly and kind of came home to relax and be there while I was doing my balancing around thing. Uh, and then once I was done playing ball, I was like, yeah, let's see what Philly's talking about. You know, um, originally from Atlanta, Georgia, though. Um, so huh? I'm a down south boy. You wouldn't be able to tell by my accent or how I sound, but <laughs> the southern boy's still in me. There you go. I, I, like uh, it. I work with a lot of guys that are in Atlanta, and I always love the way they say Georgia. It's like I could just I can't say it, but that when they say it, it's like sounds so good. I'm just yeah. like, ah, yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? And I can yeah. hear, yeah, it's just I don't know. There's something about it, but uh, that's that's awesome. How, have you, you you enjoyed your run in Philly? Yeah, um, basically, I when I was uh, looking, I, I grew up in Georgia. I was looking to get out of Georgia actually just because I'd never seen anything else and got uh, my scholarship offer at University of Maryland. So figured that was one of the farthest schools away. And uh, I really just fell in love with the campus and, you know, it was beautiful timing for me to go there because, uh, you know, we were five and six my first year. And uh, the next year, that's when uh, Ralph Regan had come up from Georgia Tech and got the head coaching job. And then we won the ACC championship that year, literally the first time since like, I think like the fifties. <laughs> wow. Done anything like that. So, now um, let me, let me ask you guys a question about that. Cause Daryl knows I'm, I'm a huge, very passionate football fan. Uh, <laughs> but I've never been, I just could never get into college ball f- for whatever reason. Is that unusual for, for a team to be, let's say average. And then a co- just the coach comes in. And they're able to win their conference. Like, is that is that a normal thing in college? I would say no, personally. Um, I really felt like there was a lot of energy and magic in, in this situation specifically. Um, you know, I really liked my recruiting visit. And even though we were not good the first year, it was a lot about the team and the guys that were there. I just saw that they were very connected. It was different than any of my other visits, you know. Old Miss and could have, you know, played under uh, Peyton Manning and, and, and Michael Orr and been on the other side of him, nice. um, you know, could have played for Lou Holtz at South Carolina. But when I went to Maryland, there weren't names that I recognized or people that I recognized as far as the coaches and the status, but the energy was unmistakable. And even though we didn't play great as a team that first year, and I had registered that year, By the next year, we were already poised to do something. And just with the switch of the coach was enough to kind of get us over the edge. But we would have had a great season no matter what had happened, I feel. Nice. Did you, um, did you, uh, what was the vibe like for the players that, that second year when you came in? Like, I mean, like how, as, as like after that first year, you know what it's like if you, if you have a down year and you come back, like you, you guys must have been humming, man. I mean, we were, and I mean, it was kind of crazy because they brought us all to the team house just a little bit after the season when they had let go uh, Ron Ron Vanderlinden. That was a big Penn State guy. And basically announcing that they were going to get a new head coach. And I remember uh, one of my teammates, Jeff Dugan, uh, played in the NFL as well for a while, a good while. 
you, you leaned over to our quarterback, Sean Hill, another NFL player, um, long-term with the Detroit Lions. And he said, whoever they bring in here, we're going to make look like a genius. Because they just knew. they had. Yeah. We, we all had this poise of something's ready to go here. Love that. Love that. And um, I got to ask you this, CJ. I got to ask you this. And I, right before we got on, right. I was telling Brother Jay, I played against you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I played against you. So the last college football kickoff classic, mm-hmm. uh, what was that? I think it was like August 31st, 2002. Yep. We played We played each other. And let me tell you what, great game, great game. But, like, I was – you know how it is. Like, you you, you forget things after a while, right? And then, like, well, when I you go back – Well, that loss that we <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me start – let me stop you there. <laughs> Uh, but no, man, and, 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 and also me and Brother Jay, we were talking about just kind of like, and, and we can talk about this because when we were younger, we, we would, there were certain things that we wore to make each, make, make, make ourselves look intimidating. You and I both have that, that same effect. You had the big cowboy, like neck mm-hmm. brace thing, the like Darth Vader connected to that. I had the, the freaking like you know, old school, like just all up top over my head, just got, like a backboard. Oh my God. Right. It was, it was like, I could, I could have like washed my clothes on that, like neck brace, man. I'm still like, it was, it was nuts, man. Like it's, it's things like that. When I saw, I was like, first off, I was like, what the fuck am I doing with that thing? Like that, right? and, and then secondly, I'm like, holy crap, man. Like I'm going to get a chance to, you know, have you on the pod and we're just going to kind of reminisce a little bit. Damn the loss, man. I'm just thinking about the memories, man, because, you know, college football was just awesome, man. It was just awesome. Yeah, it was a crazy ride. Um, And if you would have told me that, you know, my experience in college would have been what it was, I would have laughed. You know, I just kind of, you know, was head down and focused. You know how it is with football. Mm -hmm. You kind of grind out and trying to get where you want to get and do what you got to do for yourself, even with the team. But to have such a great supporting cast and, you know, be a part of a supporting cast that comes together to make what we, you know, got done done for Maryland was was awesome. So yeah, you know, those college days <laughs> definitely would want those back if I could. Awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you what, CJ, awesome. I was I was on the phone with Daryl this morning. We were talking about all sorts of stuff and we and we were talking about about you and this pod and I was looking up pictures and I was like, man, he's a he's a big boy. And he's like, yeah, and I was like, no. And then I went off on a whole thing about I was like, look, when I see a guy that has that neck brace on, I'm like, that's my, fu- that's what I'm talking about. Like that, that is, that is, I don't know what that does or how it works, but I'm paying attention to that guy. Cause that was always my favorite player was I was watching the guy with that. Cause like, he's going to do something to you. There's a reason he needs that neck brace. You know what I mean? Listen, <laughs> listen, there's, there's a reason he had it. And the man used that damn thing. You gotta, I mean, like, here's, here's one thing I gotta do. We gotta, I, I gotta give you your flowers. Cause like you were a hell of a player in college. Like one of the best guards in college football. I mean, let's just put it there. Right. Cause that's what it was. That's very generous of you to say. Hey, hey. And then I'll also say this. You guys, when you guys hit those fucking double teams, I was like in my linebacker's lap, man. I'm not even going to lie to you. It was a hard road to hoe, man. Crazy. Crazy. What yeah, was it? I mean, what was it like playing against him, CJ? I'm always, anytime I, and I'm sorry, before you answer, anytime we've had, we've had some of, you know, Daryl's teammates and people that have played against him, and it's always fascinating to me because, like, 
even on my wedding day, if Daryl wants to grab you and pick you up, like and I'm like about to, he he gets there, he's like excited, he just he can't help himself. He literally picks me up off the ground. It's 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 wild, you know. And yeah. I've I've always been amazed at that. And then when people tell me what it was like playing against them, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see that. What was it like for you, you know, dealing with Daryl on the field? All I'm gonna say is. I know we lost that game, and but I felt like we were losing that battle up front the whole time, man. Like, Daryl himself was a beast, and I was in my prime. Well, I believe that was my sophomore or junior year. That yeah, that man, was. yeah. So I was, you know, all the nerves were gone. You know, the season was just getting ready to start off first game, so I was just, you know, foaming at the mouth, you know, rabid dog style. And it didn't really help that much. <laughs> you know, um... <laughs> But, you know, those double teams did. As <laughs> Oh, my God, bro. Oh, my gosh. I went, dude, I went back and there, there, here's the thing, and this is social media. Is this on you. YouTube, by the way? Is this Let game on YouTube? Let me tell you, not only is it on on YouTube, some, 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 you know how people get hold of stuff and they do, they do extra. Uh, Last college football kickoff classic. Oh, they did some extra on that. And I'm like, are y'all really going to focus on the double teams like that? Like, really? Oh, yeah. y'all put it? Like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, y'all do stuff to, I'm like, ah. Oh, you have to send me that man. link. Oh, I will send, I'll send it to you. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in this. We gonna, Perfect. We, 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 we yeah, gonna, cut we, that in we there. Receipts. We got yeah. receipts on my I'd like to see my ass kicked. cut right in now, you know, Daryl. Right here. You DC guys are about versus to see my ass kicked right here. This is about to <laughs> this is a good segue, too, because I'll talk about my uh, true freshman year that year we won the ACC championship. Speaking of uh, highlight reels that I'm not proud of. <laughs> um, so, you know, I had won the starting job as a, you know, a re, you know, a red shirt freshman over senior and I was ready to go, you know, didn't have a lot of nerves or anything. I was just again, foaming at the half me in mouth. Um, and, um, I won oh, you know, freshman all American, uh, that first year playing on ACC championship, but that first game I played ever touching the college football field was against a very seasoned and senior Julius Peppers. Oh <laughs> God! Yeah. So uh, you know, I'm you know I'm doing my thing. I'm holding it down for this is the final. You know, I got a couple taps. You know, hey, good job. You know, I'm telling fuck you, get out of my face. So I'm gonna show you <laughs> next time. So I give up one sack, one sack against you know Julius Peppers. So I'm yeah. feeling pretty good and proud of myself. And I don't hear much else about it, right? Until flash forward, the NFL draft. That oh. First round, Julius Peppers comes up, gets called, starts walking to the podium. What do you think <laughs> the only clip that they put on slow-mo and repeat was? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad, man. They were like, oh, look at the way that this, this – Tackle just gets abused by, <laughs> by this monster uh, of a man. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about a chip on your shoulder? That, that's oh that my God. For the next three years of college for me. Dude, that's crazy, man. Well, you know what? I, I got to tell you this, man. I'm proud of you. We both made it through. You know what I'm saying? We both transitioned out of college, man. And let's talk about that because, let me, I mean, well, I say I'm proud of you because you, you go from – and this is why we have you on. Not only are you an awesome person, but you have a great demeanor. You got a great attitude. You got that head down, sleeves up, like energy. And you, 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 
worked your ass off to get into the corporate field. I, I, you are a, as, as, as we know it right now, a um, manager with Comcast yeah. and you're all and like by day, you're a mild mannered manager, but by night you're DJ siege. Yes. DJ siege does come out at night. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. And I've been DJing for a long time throughout high school. Uh, even had my turntables in college. You know what I mean? Doing a couple of parties every now and again. Was still dragging around vinyls back then. So yeah. uh, thank yeah. God I'm not doing that anymore uh, with the technology that we have. But yeah, I've been very lucky to, you know, transition from playing football into, you know, a life where I'm, you know, doing well, still chasing my passion, still having those things available to me and growing those things because I'd always wanted to be in music. And, you know, you know how it is when you're done playing football, it's kind of like, somebody yanks the rug out from under you a little bit, you know, you've been yeah. in one direction and all of a sudden you hit a wall. So, um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, just being in the, in the league is a, is a great accomplishment as you know, but sometimes there's not that support to transition guys out. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I was just very fortunate to have a, that head on my shoulders and, you know, get into something right away. It wasn't necessarily what I, you know, wanted to be doing. You have to start making money and kind of getting settled, but, you know, still keeping that passion and not just completely throwing. When you say passion, I feel it the most because, especially with respect to music, because Brother Jay has that type of passion. He's put me on to the to the metal scene. Okay. Got, I mean, like, it's it's been one of those things. It's been a journey. It's been, um, it really has been a blessing, you know, this whole podcast, finding my bro, you being here, we call it the cosmic canoe for a reason. You know, um, I, I, I really think that, um, how can I put it? Everything happens for a reason, right? Everything happens for a reason. Um, we transition for a reason. You transition for a reason into your, your new passion with DJing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like just that passion mixing. I mean, like, you sent this, your files, your music, man, you're going from don't rush hip hop to thunder kiss, white zombie, <laughs> bro. Like how, how do you, how do you have a cadence like that? You, this, this right now, this is you and brother Jay's moment. Cause like, cause I'm about to fanboy out. Cause you guys are like the musical gurus. I'm just gonna sit back and like, listen to all this magic just drop off the tip. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, uh, I guess, I, don't, I mean, I just got very lucky, man. I, I fell in love with music early and young. You know, my first instrument was uh, the guitar. I actually played guitar for several years. Um, you know, I was making my own music very young as well, um, just teaching myself. So just got very fortunate. But, uh, you know, and of course, I grew up in the 90s, which is obviously the best genre in years of music. You know what I mean? Uh, no bias there. But none, um, none takes <laughs> so exposed, you know, I mean, they're so exposed to so much music, you know, grunge had hit the scene. Uh, I was huge into grunge and alternative music uh, and, and, and some of the more popular metal, you know, there was still some like 80s metal and stuff that was still like very popular in the early 90s. And like, I, you know, my sisters you know, had put me on to because they were listening to popular music and just stuff that was going on. But we really found the passion for uh, ska music, actually, and like your punk ska music and and hip hop. Those were the two things that really stuck out to me. But in between those was everything else, the, you know, the pop music, the really heavy, heavy metal stuff. And um, 
I, I don't know. I, I just loved music. I wanted to be able to play music. Uh, you know, there was no, I, I just wanted to do everything. I've always wanted to play drums. So <laughs> oh. we might have to link up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, you know, you said a couple of things there that, that right off the bat are pretty interesting. Just listening to you talk and then listening to your mixes that you, that you sent over. Like it's obvious that you have a pretty wide variety of uh, taste, but there's this like musical genealogy tree thing that I've, <clears throat> I've explained to Daryl where a lot of the bands, like especially in things like metal music or progressive metal, there's like, you know, there's, there was, there was yes and Genesis and then and Pink right. Floyd. And then that turned into rush and then rush turned into dream theater and then dream theater inspired between the Barry to me. And then there was all these little bands that, that sprouted off of it. And, um, you know, a lot of times when, you know, I'm, I kind of was in this active scene of like when all the really downtuned guitars were a thing and it was like very rhythmic and bass and drum oriented. And then every now and then I'll come across, cause you know, I was, I was born in 1989. So a lot of the music I listened to was nineties music and grew up in that time. And I'll, I'll hear something I'll like uh, something will come up on my Spotify and I'm like oh that's where I got that from and it's something weird like the mighty mighty boss tones like you said like right you said like like ska music and it's like when you think about ska music it gets like a lot of shit it's like it's oh it's it's dorky or whatever but then you break down like if you listen to what's going on there that's like a lot of rhythmic it's like melody instruments that are playing a rhythm part and then that kind of carried over into like, especially right now, like synthwave is very popular, especially in the mm -hmm. DJ scene. I'm sure you know, like chill hop, whatever you want to call it, where it's just like these kind of yeah, future wave and all future, that. Yeah. yeah, vinyl inspired mm -hmm. backbeat kind of things that are like super. You, you can listen to it for hours, and I get why that's popular, but that's all coming full circle on like live dance music again. And there's groups like Chromio that that are like mm -hmm. real deal live popular dance music. And I think there's like this return of partially because of COVID and things like Twitch where you had DJs on Twitch became like a huge thing. And like my mm -hmm. wife and I, we love to, I'll just buy concert Blu-rays. Like I'll find some interesting band right now. Baby metal, by the way, if you guys don't know about baby metal, do you know about baby metal? Yeah. Mm -mm. No guys. It's this like, it's this like heavy metal, Japanese girl group and they, the band that they have backing them mm. is like incredible. You wouldn't believe it's <laughs> so heavy. It's so heavy and their production values like out of this world. Um, I got their concert Blu-ray. We'll watch that, but we watch concerts on Twitch. But anyway, baby metal, I'm telling you, if you guys, every man, every woman, you're listening to this, you don't know about baby metal. It'll blow your mind. CJ, I'm going to send you some links. No, it's insane. It's crazy. You're going to watch no. it. Daryl, you're literally not going to be able to handle it. It's like the cutest. You know, dude, I, I can barely handle us all being on this Zoom right it's now. Like, but, it's like a, this adorable <laughs> package with the heaviest shit you've ever heard. It's crazy. It's just, it's amazing. Wow. But, you know, DJs on Twitch was like a real, is a thing we watch all the time. Um, and, I, and I see your you've got a YouTube and, and you're doing that. Do you ever get on live streams and do anything like that where like people could check out DJ Siege in real time? 
Absolutely. Uh, especially during the pandemic, that was a good time for uh, everybody that was a DJ, especially to reflect, because that's something that we all lost was the ability to go out and perform live. And uh, a lot of people that weren't necessarily ready to make the transition either had to make that decision to do that or not. So I was uh, DJing on Twitch uh, initially just in my room. And, you know, after like the first two or three times, it went from like, you know, having kind of like a clunky corner to, you know, by the third week, it was like flashing lights and, you know, three different camera angles. And, you know, I, you know, I just fell right into it. You know what I mean? So I was, know that feeling. Yes. The <laughs> you know, second bedroom becomes a studio. You know what I mean? Yeah. More than it already was. <laughs> but um, yeah. And um, I'm just excited because I know that that's not going to go away no matter what we've kind of landed on something with that streaming platform especially for djs where the exposure now is not just limited to gigs you can get locally there's platforms now that are supporting you know djs being able to project themselves out and you know i'm, I'm fortunate because i'm not only just working by myself but i work with uh uh, my program director and the owner of uh, UTM or Under the Metal Radio, um, Gunner nice. and he has uh, a platform where we can stream on not only on their own app, uh, where we have video content and audio content, and they're broadcasting live just as a radio station online, but also on Roku. So it gives a little bit of a varied audience than what you could get just by your Twitch streams or you're going, you know, going live on YouTube or Facebook's like most people did because it was easy and accessible, you know? So we're trying to really build that platform so we can continue building that streaming uh, presence. And what's that app called? Uh, it's, it's the UTM radio app. Um, you can radio. download it on the Google play store and on uh, the app store for Apple. And then of course you can download the channel on Roku. Nice. I'm going to download that. Plug it. Right now. <laughs> Plugging it. UTM radio. <laughs> Look at that. And the whole platform is, uh, you know, independent and classic hip hop. Right. Yep, that's it. Um, yep, everybody. That's it. So, there you go. There it is. Yeah, yeah, very, very, you know, excited to have been working there uh, for several years. I uh, met a lot of amazing artists. And that's kind of the thing, too, because I was always a fan of New York hip hop, like Wu-Tang and, you know, you know Smith and & Wesson and, and Sean Price. But on my way to New York as a kid from Georgia, thinking that was the only source of music was, you know, New York-based hip hop. You know, I got, you know, put on the West Coast for a little bit, learned a lot about the West Coast. And when I landed in Philly, I really didn't want to leave to go anywhere else because I couldn't believe the amount of talent that was here just on the streets. It's like everybody could rap. And I mean, mm. not just like had a couple of lines to say. I'm like, these dudes are rapping circles around it. everyone I've ever seen. And, you know, I don't, and it just confuses me still why some of these cats have not like blown up over the world as far as how talented they are. So very happy to be here in Philly and supporting this scene. New Jersey and the whole tri-state area, really. You, you growing up in Atlanta, you weren't an Outcast fan. Well, that's the thing, right? So I uh, kind of, I'm gonna have to, you know, because that's a little bit of shame here. Believe it or not, Outcast is my that's my number one favorite. I don't even think I've ever mentioned this at all. That's my single-handedly, without a doubt, number one favorite hip hop artist ever. I can, right. I can I just mean, the whole like, I, if I had to like, just those four or five albums like that, I'd be 
I'd be set. They'd be like desert, yeah, I mean, desert island you, material. You'd be right. Yeah, I mean, and you're right there. It was weird because I just had this connection with New York music, so I heard a lot. They were obviously all over the radio, and I loved Outkast. There was, you know, I wasn't that deep into them. I was very, you know, radio driven back then. You mm -hmm. know, and this was like cassette tapes. You know, oh yeah, I could oh, buy yeah. The technology, and then you can even get to access this stuff sometimes and recording stuff off of the radio. Um, but I enjoyed Outkast, but then there were so many, you know kind of offshoots and groups that kind of were still very Atlanta-based and kind of carried a similar sound that I just kind of ignored a little bit because of the popularity of mm. Outkast that I wasn't, you know, I'm ashamed to say that I wasn't listening to Killer Mike back in the day. See, you know that's, what I mean? that's so funny. That like, I, I've known about, obviously, like Killer I knew about, Mike, I knew about Killer Mike as part of the Outkast thing for years. And I was always like, me and my, shout out to Joe Spina, best man of my wedding. Him and I were like the only people we knew that had the Killer Mike solo album that came out in like 2003 or something. And it was like, there was a line about catching a beat like Randy Moss. And we used to say that all the time. And we're like, oh yeah, you know, like we loved Killer Mike. And then like, it's been so cool to see him have this, like every now and then I'm like, you know, I don't like to do, I don't like to be that guy. That's like, I, I knew him when, but like, <laughs> like he's up there with Bernie Sanders or whatever in Rolling Stone magazine. And I'm like, yeah, pal. I, I was buying your shit at the, the, the FYE, you know, at the Oxford Valley Mall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Family stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's amazing. And, that, and that's the kind of the full circle that I came to, right? Because obviously if you, if you're a big Killer Mike fan, you right. have to know Run the Jewels. Of course. Now. Oh, have to know Run the Jewels. Well, have and, to. and real quick, you know, it's when I was a young, one of the reasons why I kind of was drawn to gospel drumming, that's like my primary style of drumming is like gospel style because okay. I was listening to so much, you know, I was like the right age for having, you know, my un, being unattended to not in, in a negligent way, but just like I was old enough to not be needing a babysitter. The internet was just becoming a thing and like Napster, you know, so like I'd yeah. sit there and watch mm -hmm. MTV and then I would hear something and find it and I could just, there it is, you know? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, outcast BOB, like when I heard that, and I heard the drums in a hip hop song. I was like, "Whoa, that's interesting! I've never heard that before." And like, I used to play that song all the time, all the time, all the time. And then, like, that was one of the reasons why, like, I fell in love with Outkast. And then, you know, like you mentioned, you no, know, run the jewels, run the jewels. Years later, I started doing these video productions where I would do, I would take like a just a, I've, I've done one, a Kendrick Lamar one, and run the jewels one. I've done some okay. DMX stuff, and I'll take like just a song. And I don't do any production changes to it. I just write a drum part that counters all the other rhythms in it. And so some of it's very, mm. like you wouldn't you wouldn't normally play like that on the drums, but it works out. And um, I did a Run the Jewels video. You know, like K Killer Mike comes full circle in my uh, in my musical <laughs> influence world. But I, I love Run the Jewels. And um, I, again, another group where it's like. I know, you know, like that. Those are the only. Right, there's yeah. only two times I've ever been like on the no, on the in cool no about anything hip hop related. Nice Sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, on anything hip hop, and it's been Killer Mike and Run the Jewels, and that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, those are two good ones to have. Uh, my, my counter story to that is, you know, guess who was listening to the other half of Run the Jewels? Uh, you know, LP all through high school yep. you know that he was in a very very gritty new york band called uh, company flow um and i have 
I was buying vinyl, you know what I mean? I was going mm-hmm. to Fat Beats in Atlanta, Atlanta and like listening to it. And if you listen to some of his stuff, it's out there, right? If you heard of uh, like Aesop Rock, it's like very wordy hip hop. It's very intelligent, but it's also just very like gnarly and gritty, mm-hmm. right? And every, you know, kids, you know, all my friends would make fun of me because I was listening to that versus what was on the radio down there. But of course, I knew what I was listening to because it's one half of Run the Jewels. So, who exposed you to like just like the, the like DJing? Like, how did you how did you get into that? Like, because you know, like I think about music, and again, I think about like me again. I'm I'm an infinite comparison to you two with with the musical background and knowledge. Like I think of it in terms of, all right, these are my favorite rappers. These are my favorite artists, my favorite metal, you know what I mean? But nothing kind of like, you know, going toward the football route, there was something, there was a key. Like I saw a bully, he was picking on somebody. I'm like, Hey man, stop doing it. I'm gonna fuck you up. And I did it. And then my, the head coach was watching. All right, now I'm a football player, but like who, who kind of got you in on the, the DJ tip? How did that come about? I was already, I think I was already playing guitar and bass by then. Um, and it was like probably my junior year of high school. So, um, uh, just a friend of mine, you know, I was hanging out with a, you know, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of kids and a bunch of my friends at the time. And, and one of the new kids at school had mentioned that he was a DJ and I was yeah. like, Oh really? That seemed kind of interesting. I'd seen videos and music videos with DJs and it seemed cool, but that's, you know, so did playing the guitar, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I want to do that. You know, maybe that's cool. All um, rooted in being but... able to get around girls too, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> I mean, of course, but let, yeah, let's talk about how well that worked back then. <laughs> you know? Um, I used to teach, I used so, to yeah, teach, I uh, teach drums and, and guitar and bass and stuff. And I had this one okay. student who was younger and I remember telling him like, look, dude, this is going to be the dorkiest shit until you're about 24 years old. And then, all of a sudden, <laughs> all those girls that were making fun of you and wouldn't talk to you in high school, they're going to be in the crowd at the bar that you're playing, and there's your sh- there it is. So just hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> just hang in there. And the light switch goes on, and they realize. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the truth. It's funny when you look back at stuff like that. You know, I was, you know, I've been through many DJ names too. I started off, I was uh, DJ Solitude because I was like okay. alone right. in my style and edgy. You know, loner. <laughs> I like, it was edgy, right? I like yeah. it. <laughs> that wouldn't help. I like it. Girls, but, but, uh, um, but yeah, you know, I just progressed. I just happened to, you know, really get into it because I'd seen somebody and had an opportunity just to see an actual setup, you know, and he had, you know, a mixer and it wasn't anything crazy or special, but to me, it was just like, this is, it was a tangible, real thing. And once I saw it was real, I was just like, I really want to try this. So, you know, I was a pretty decent student, um, you know, well, you know, I, I worked hard, let's, I worked hard at school. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, my parents knew I was a pretty decent kid and stayed out of trouble. So, you know, I guess it was the following Christmas or something. I said, you know, I really wanted to try to get, you know, turntables, you know, and my dad asked me several times if I was sure. And I was like, yeah, because he didn't want to waste money on something that was going to go away. And, you know, he ended up getting me like, you know, one of those like all in one starter kits, everything you need, you know, (laughs) the lowest price possible. And I got to tell you, I, I, I ran with it. As soon as that box opened, you know, those things were out. They were on my dresser and I, I never put them away. There wasn't one 
time that they went away once they came out of what the was box. in that starter kit uh i'm trying to think of these specific uh model names but they were two gemini turntables i think they were like xl 500s maybe mm. or 500 xls which were like they look like turntables but you know i mean they were turntables but like now that i know better gear it was just like i don't even know how i got they food. threw that like, xl in there <laughs> they threw that xl yeah. in there to make you think it's something you know it's I mean, good, yeah, good marketing. I, I thought it was. I was like, X house. I was like, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it was. It was just all Gemini. Little two channel um, mixer with fader. Yeah. You know what I mean? And started buying records, you know, and really got into some of the underground, you know, scene in Atlanta. We were always going to shows at uh, a, a bar called The Masquerade, which was amazing. It was uh, like 18 to get in. And then they would do, there was three levels, right? So, the top was called heaven and they had like a venue so all the hip-hop shows were there and then the middle was called purgatory and the bottom was called hell it's like a pool hall and like kind of a regular bar lounge and then hell was a club so we couldn't go down in the club area but we didn't care because we were just hip-hop heads and like we'd go see ska shows there too upstairs they were all like 18 and up so that's where we cut our gums just you know soaking in music and, and, and learning about artists and people that were traveling back then so did you do the plaid pants and everything in the doc martens i did not i was very fortunate that all of my friends kind of had that hardcore punk rock look and i was mm-hmm. just like very straight and narrow i just i didn't look like i fit around anybody that i was hanging out with i was just like you know big black guy and there was a bunch <laughs> of like you know Short, skinny, you know, nerdy looking, mohawk wearing, uh, you know, checkered pants and boots wearing, you know, kids just running around constantly. <laughs> but that's awesome, the beautiful man. thing about those kind of it's scenes awesome. though, is like, yeah. I know this from like being a kind of in the local metal scene and the, like, that kind of world, like everybody's welcome. And there's a variety of like, it's like the island of misfit toys, like. All the weirdos, come on, we're going to the metal show, you know? And you see, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, the one that you see it the most is like if you go to a Rob Zombie concert, especially nowadays, because I've mm-hmm. I've lived long enough and followed the career long enough, I guess, to see his like, he was always, you know, he had the club thing and it was just a small amount of people. To now he's like a mainstream basically a JC Penny t shirt. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, there's bands that really, you know, they've made it when, you can buy a Slipknot T-shirt at J.C. Penney off the rack, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that's one in particular that blows my mind because, like, yeah. when I was in high school and I was listening to that, I was like, that was edgy. Slipknot was like, right. whoa, you know, and like my bro- older brother was like yes. making fun of me for the masks and stuff. Now they're like, you know, so all of that kind of stuff gets in a weird way mainstream, but. You know, a Rob Zombie show, you go there and you see everybody from, you got the, here's the cyber goths and, oh, there's the new, the, 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 the new punks and up oh, there's, is that a, that might be a skinhead. I don't know. You know, like, and then, <laughs> and then there's like, then there's like some middle-aged dude in like a polo and his jeans is his like going out jeans. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> and like, and like, but everybody loves Rob Zombie, you know? And I think that right. now those scenes are all kind of coming together and, um, you know, I'm a big, as you can see, I'm a big pro wrestling fan and about to go to WrestleMania. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, you'll see, let's call us a normal person. And then, <laughs> and then somebody you're like, whoa, this guy's in full, this guy's in, in, in full ultimate warrior body paint head to toe. This is incredible. You know, this guy's, this guy's right. into it. 
it, it, those scenes are cool. That's yeah, man. That's it's, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fortunate thing just to have that community in anything, right? And like oh, yeah. metal shows, you know, all, all types of stuff. You know, we used to go to the Rolling Rock Town Fair out west and uh, saw Godsmack and, you know, being a huge crowd of a bunch of people and a That's bunch of different a colors show. and races and just having an absolutely amazing time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you can't, you, can't, you know, you really can't you know, forget and turn down those, those instances where you're just able to like thrash out with everybody and just be like, cool. You know, something therapeutic about it. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Mm -hmm. And I always, and I've been to a lot of all different types of concerts and I've always found that the kind of the metal scene or close to it has the most broad, diverse, you know, audience that you can generally find. And it's like, you go to a dream theater concert I can guarantee you 99% of these people are going to be white dudes with beards, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you know, so it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's funny how, how, uh, how music works like that. Are you still involved in, in, uh, like sh club scene, show scene, anything like that? Are you going out and performing right now? Um, I've just been starting to go back and perform with the, uh, start back up of UTM. Um, uh, I've been doing, you know, my normal gigs. I, I work at a few, uh, you know, have a couple of agents that feed me some jobs, some different uh, clubs and bars in the Philadelphia area, uh, which has been nice. Um, and then uh, hip hop show wise, I've been going a, a lot to Trenton. I've done two shows up at the Mill Hill basement with uh, Ill Villain Promotions, uh, my man Dean Durbin, bringing in some amazing acts, uh, you know, Jay Royale, New Jerikans, and these are all I mean, this is just a part of this this scene of music that these might be, not be names that you know, but you you, you need to, um, you know, screw tape. Uh, and another guy, just like you can't believe the music once you hear, mm. you know, and you, to hear what these guys are saying. So I've, I've been very fortunate to have my name attached to some of these guys for these shows and, and just keep that community going because hip hop is still very much you know, there's, there's two sides of it, right? You can get like a little bit of the industry side of it, and then you can get more of the homegrown original style of what it used to be, just the community aspect of bringing it together. And there's a little bit of crossover and a line, but you know, there is a, you know, a, a pretty decent separation from guys that are just chasing that radio media sound to get all on and to get a, a deal or a 360 deal and get money and get paid because they're trying to chase the template versus making music from their heart doing what's genuine to them and just making the music sound good and like it's supposed to so yeah and past doing the the hip-hop shows in person one of the things that i'm most proud of that actually also had started during the pandemic was uh, i've gotten a chance to work with uh, a friend of mine who works for google and he started a curriculum uh, called Python MC, where he was teaching kids how to code in Python wow. language. But the concept was in in relation to hip hop, like with the that kind of the binary, the you know one or zero, this or that, and that's what he was kind of using this like you know black sheep style, like how you make music and how you can make coding work. So we've graduated that curriculum up to something that's now called breakbeat code. And with breakbeat code, it's a, 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 the same concept, but now we, we go through and have full, full class seminars where we'll take a Saturday afternoon 
we'll get a class of, of about 30 kids and we are not only teaching them the python music or excuse me python coding language but the motivation is for them to make music with it so there's a wow. program that we use um it's called ear sketch that allows the kids to start coding learning the concepts and they can build strings of music together that way they can actually build songs so we're teaching the music side of it as well as teaching the python side of it and at the end of these events we take all of the kids music that they make and then we pick another day like the following day and and we do a live stream session where i'm djing all of their songs and I'm mixing wow. popular music and, uh, you know, some stuff that they know. So, um, that's been an enormous thing for me, you know, to, to be considered to even be a part of, and, you know, now I'm officially the DJ for breakbeat code. Um, and, you know, we've done events in India, we've done events in the U S Virgin islands. Um, we've got some coming up in Kenya and St. Thomas, um, and, and, and just keep expanding the, the, you know, we, we're almost up to having two or three a month at this point where we started and it was only like the first year of COVID really wasn't 2020. It was like the, like once a quarter, right. We did like four that first year and now we're almost doing four a month. Um, so I'm just very proud because, you know, it's really helping the BIPOC community. It's really helping uh, kids that are uh, underprivileged and in situations where they need support and don't have the best outlook on life that we can actually give them something that's, you know, a, a tangible skill. And then we've also been able to bring in, uh, you know, musicians um, uh, like uh, Rich Nice, uh, pro uh, producer um, and production manager at the A&R show on sh uh, Shade 45 to help come talk to the kids and, and, and just give them perspective about what they're doing, what hip hop was and really music in general and how it kind of came to be and what they can be doing with their lives. Um, so we call those hackathons, hip hop hackathons, and they really get a lesson about how, you know, the first turntable and, and the first mixer was made from junk parts in a, you know, coming out of a junkyard, basically audio equipment that got, you know, Frankenstein together to make a crossfader and make this thing that we call hip hop and how that's a great concept and an important concept to keep in this day and age where you think that everything's already made. You think you only have one way to do things and it helps promote creation, creativity, and, uh, you know, just give somebody an example of what they can do and, and, and build to it. So very proud to be attached to that. That's awesome. Yeah, can, that's awesome. Where can people uh, check that out? How can people sign up their kids or maybe, maybe an adult podcaster wants to check it out. Where would they, where would they find that? Absolutely. Uh, there is a website. It's breakbeatcode.com. Um, and you can look up, there's uh, some information on their uh, intro video. There's actually a little blurb, uh, you know, you'll see a little clip of me doing my thing for some of the hackathons. Um, but really just giving you a really uh, good integration of what we're doing and uh, the, the purpose of the platform and what we're trying to do. So uh, we're going to build back to doing it in person. That was an initially the, the want, but it's been great to kind of be behind the scenes, meet with people and still keep this thing growing while we're trying to get back to in-person uh, teaching. I mean, I was just about to ask you, CJ, about the passion and if it's still the same or you know, has it become more robust over the years and being involved with DJing and, you know, 
I'm thinking about and going back in my head to video session that you sent us one of the files and you're going from Chris Brown and Dez Loves, Can You Handle Me to Sultry Rock Ballads by Mr. Big, you know, um, you know, to be with you. And you are quite literally, my friend, breaking your neck just into it, right? And then, you know, I think about that and I think about what you're talking about in terms of the kids and giving back. And I think that's the biggest, you know, um, kudo or, or the biggest thing you can do to give back or just to showcase your passion is when you give back, when you've hit a point in a, a point in your career along your journey where like you've accrued a knowledge, a skill set, a, 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 a base, a team, and you've associated yourself with them. And then you say, you know what, how can I give back to the youth and the, the, the future DJs and uh, of tomorrow? Right. And it's one of those things I love about this podcast. One of the things I love about my brother Jay is he's always giving back. He's always, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's nieces, whether it's me, because I'm dumb as shit sometimes about music and stuff. And he's just kind of pouring into me. Like I love that aspect because it, it speaks to the type of person you are and the passion you have. And I mean, I'm thinking about the next question I'd ask you is like, where, where do you see it going? Like, I'm a, this, it sounds amazing. Like, like, if I feel like the sky's the limit, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, everybody's mind had to change a little bit with COVID, but I mean, the world is, you know, we're as far in the future as we ever were right now. Right. And things like the metaverse are coming about and there's just such an opportunity to build into spaces like that. And, and I'm, I'm just excited that the technology is growing um, and we're able to, progress this thing that we love that's, that's called DJing, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a traditionalist, so I still carry around my turntables and I, I do use, you know, the DVS systems, that's digital vinyl that you can use MP3s and all of that stuff, even though I still drag those 40 pound technique turntables, 80 pounds when you got both of them, you know, every <laughs> gig I have, but I mean, I, I've, I've adopted some of the new technology, you know, I use, uh, you know, phase DJ now, um, which is, Controversial for for purists. Mm. A buddy of mine, DJ Soulbuck, a uh, huge hip hop uh, DJ, world known, used to tour with Diggable Planets. Um, he refuses to touch anything that's not, you know, the vinyls to the record. He does use a DVS system, but that's where he drew the line. Most DJs from the old school did that. They were like, nope, I'm sticking with just this. I'm adding a computer and that's it. And, you know, I, I use a MIDI controller now. The phase DJs are little remote control receivers that act like, you know, records. You could literally put it on your finger, put it on top of your head and spin around. And it, it just follows the track like it was playing as a record. It's crazy to think about the potential of where everything already is now and how fast technology is growing and where we're going to be able to take it. So I'm just happy to be a part of the journey. And I can't wait to see what's next, uh, let alone what we can recreate that's next, you know. Sick. You know, I'm sick. I'm a I'm a gear addict, and indeed, the problem with <clears throat> the, you know I'm a I'm a drummer, but I've also picked up guitar and bass over the years, and then podcasting and recording. And I bought a synth at one point. You know, like you start picking shit up, and then before you know it, you just you're looking at everything all the time. And I remember when they were trying to convince everybody that like no no DJs are going to use like you're going to put a CD into a into a into a drive and then you're going to 
scratch <laughs> on a little fake CD on top of it. And I remember being working in music stores at the time when those were for sale, and everybody being like, "No, no, no one wants this." And so there's been like a lot of there's been a lot of attempts to replace the turntable. And it's like it's fine, like you're saying, it's finally getting to a point where it's like, okay, well, we we want the aesthetic visual prop, we'll call it, of having a turntable running, but it's just going to be a controller, and it's it's like a lot like, uh, I think ultimately all instruments are going to turn into MIDI controllers, but um, right, you you go on, you watch any of these streamers on Twitch. Uh, there's one DJ in particular, uh, Scion. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's like one of the guys kind of like dead mouse where he's in real time manipulating frequencies into beats. And wow. it's like, it's like a, it's trippy, you know, do you ever get into anything like that where you're like creating, you know, the beat on top of mixing it? Um, not necessarily. Um, most of the time, I'm all, I, I, and I, this is a, more of a stylistic choice for me because I do a little bit of production on the side of DJing, but I find that being able to mix the original versions of songs brings a level of power to them when you are able to make a live mashup or something that's just based off of two songs originally played out that the way they were supposed to and not necessarily adding uh you know you know foreign sounds or things that weren't originally in a part of the production so that's a big part of my style i do want to get into a little bit more of adding some things onto it just to play with it but i there's just been crazy things and mixes that i've done live because i'll take a request i remember one time it was you know, John Denver's, uh, you know, take me home country roads that I, you know, was playing and, you know, in the middle of a, you know, it was like a college bar and had a lot of people on the dance floor and people were real confused except a few people that wanted to hear it, but it was a song that everybody knew. So at the end of it, everybody was singing it. But the good news is I was able to mix right in on top of it. And then I ended up making it a live dance song by the end of it. So, wow. you know, I took that last piece and just really found something that was going to work with it beat wise. And it was just the original, you know, original songs that I found. And then the transitions were crazy. So everybody was going nuts because they weren't ready to hear what they heard. And they recognized the songs, both of the songs and what was happening. They just couldn't put it in their head that these two songs work together. Right. And I was able to do that live. So that that's what I pride myself on as far as my style. It's, it's is that a, like a it's like the oh, art ahead, form of being it. of a party like it like that's what at the end of the day like kind of when you as a you can boil drumming down to that where it's like you're you're the you're the engine of the band and like that's right. that's what it is and it's like a DJ has that ability to like it's like at a wedding has the ability to take it from like all right to like man what a night you know mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I mean, how we were at your I mean, wedding brother Jay. <laughs> He, he comes out to my sugar like I'm like <laughs> what? <laughs> and they said it couldn't uh, be done. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, it's, it's, it's it's I mean I don't know. It's the best part of DJing for me. You know what I mean? Is that that mix and that you know that vibe that you get to put out and create. You know, so just fortunate enough to understand it. You know, understand the beats, the rhythm, and and have the freedom um, to, to, to play, you know, I can do anything. I like to say I can mix anything, uh, but I do my best when I'm 
you know, I get the, that blank out moment. I treat it like a little bit like football. You know, you have to get in that zone in that space where you just kind of everything else gets blinded out and then you're just, you know, there and one with the music. So, um, yeah, just extremely fortunate that, you know, I, I've been able to build this skill set, but really just have the opportunity to, to rock out, you know. You know, I just this thought just occurred to me. You've probably had your hand in an indirect way and quite a few babies being made. People think about it. People, people like hooking up on the dance floor and then it's like, Hey, let's go. And then it's like, Hey, there's a lot of people out there. They should Mm -hmm. be thanking you, CJ Brooks. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I'll thank you for them. (laughs) And and I appreciate that. I mean, I do get a lot of, um, you know, uh, requests to do weddings after, you know, people known me for, you know, doing events or doing gigs and stuff. And, uh, been very fortunate because I, you know, have seen a lot of people uh, that now have children after knowing me, and I, I can, you know, specifically call out. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember this kid's, you know, mm-hmm. DJ see everything from the creation date. Yeah, you know what I mean. You I was see, there watching yeah. that go down on the dance floor. Right, exactly. You see everything from up there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good wide angle. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. CJ, do you have an aha moment? Like, like I know you said, like, hey, I can mix anything. Is there like a, a show or a, like a moment where you're like, you know what? I, I fucking did that. I they didn't think I could do it, but I did it. Um, I mean, that John Denver moment was a big one for me. But as far as, I guess, just aha and me knowing that this was something that I could do was I had just really got up in Pennsylvania. And I was DJing just kind of like locally and parties and stuff for friends, but not really you know, going the professional route and trying to get work that way. Um, and, you know, first started DJing really to out to try to make a little extra money. I have, you know, two children and I wanted to start bringing in a little bit of side money, but um, about a year into it, I got an opportunity uh, to basically try out at a, at a bar that was, uh, you know, not too far from me. And they were like, we'll give you a Thursday night. We'll see how it goes, right? And I was like a little nervous because I was just like, all right, this might be a shot for me to kind of go independent on my own and really, you know, get something. And he offered me one night. Uh, I got in, was trying to set up. And you already know when you're nervous about something, that's just going to accelerate everything else bad that's going to go on. So I had, you know, all kinds of issues. I was trying to forgetting stuff. And, you know, it was like I'd never DJed before, just trying to, like, get my stuff ready and get there. So I get there, and I'm, like, up against time from when I'm going to start. And I finally, like, you know, Hit the, hit the finish line right on time to have all my stuff set up. Cable management, you got to have cable management because it's literally wires and, and, and knobs and devices and Amen. plugs and power and yeah. all types of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you ever see somebody wrapping a block. cable and it just, you're just like, you're like, oh, yeah. I'm don't, sorry, what are you doing? Don't, don't ever <laughs> touch the DJ's cables. That is, that is like, don't touch the DJ's setup ever. Don't be the drunk girl at the bar talking about, oh, that, that's great. Can I do it? No. No, you can't do it. I can do it because I've been practicing it for I've a seen that time. so many times, by the way. Like, I, it's, Oof, it's, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen how angry that DJ gets. <laughs> Never goes well. Going yeah. down. Never goes well. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But the, <laughs> I start playing, I'm like 15 minutes in, and like that's literally like five songs, maybe four or five songs. And I'm like sweating bullets. I don't know the crowd. I'm trying to read the crowd, and you can't read a crowd in 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I see the, the, the owner of the bar walk across the bar coming at me, and I'm like, oh no, it's been 20 minutes, and he's about to kick me out of here. 
And he said to me, I will fire my guy right now and give you my Thursday nights, Friday nights, and Saturday nights if you say yes. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I got to, you know, check with my wife, but I think, yeah, you know, why, why wouldn't I? And then that started a, you know, I think a, a six-year relationship of, you know, me in, in the Delaware County area, just, you know, kind of cutting my, you know, gums on getting out to DJ. Wow. So, yeah, that was kind of my aha moment. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing up there. You know, I'm trying to get it done, and I think I'm doing stuff, and I'm sweating and, and worry. And I got somebody that's like, whatever he is doing, I need this 15 minutes, I need to extend for six years. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good, yeah, it's a pretty good return on investment. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's wild. That's awesome. Are you going to, are you going to continue to DJ once you get up to New York? Um, I will. Um, but I know things are going to are changing a little bit. I want us to focus a little bit more on the live stream aspect of it. So I'll be moving into a new space. I'll be losing my resource of UTM as far as me physically being able to be there all of the time, but mm. we'll be setting up a new streaming platform to, to start working on my Patreon and, um, continue to DJ through, through Twitch and just see what else I can do in a, in a new way. Cause this will uh, you know, kind of force me to, build out my network a little bit and just maybe change some things up. So, you know, I have some, some media that I plan on filming. We're going to be in Antigua, uh, in a couple of months uh, sailing for a week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, very excited about that, but I'm just going to use it mainly to do a, you know, DJing promo. So I've got my, you know, my MIDI controller that I've, you know, you know, I've committed to purchasing and now have, and, you know, uh, something that I can travel with and going to bring that down, uh, get some decent videos, some drone footage, hopefully of us on the boat and just out and about and, you know, see what I can't do to get some promo, uh, self-made promo at least. And, uh, change the vibe up a little bit. Cause I'm very hip hop driven as far as people who know, know me, but you guys know me. I, I, I DJ everything, you know, yeah, bro. so this is going to yeah. be a transition to show my entire skill set of what I do. That's awesome. I said one thing you could do, you probably exactly. should think about doing, and this is just my production helmet going nuts over here. <laughs> you need to get into some damn voice work, man. Uh, oh, you know what? I, like, I thought about that. Li- bro, his yeah. voice sounds like it dropped, like his balls dropped eight times. Like, <laughs> they need that shit right now, man, for real. Look, I mean, it, it's funny you, you you bring that up. I know we spoke a little bit about, you know, kind of what it looks like and all of the things that I'm doing right now. Um, I have been trying to break into or just starting to break into it. And it took me a while to realize, like you said, uh, that this is maybe an avenue that I should be spending some time and focusing on. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, nobody thinks much of their own voice when you're, you know, just talking and hanging out with friends or doing whatever. I just thought I had, you know, big guy, big voice, whatever. Um, but I just kept noticing people would always stop me and specifically talk about my voice. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was the strangest thing yeah. until I thought it wasn't. And I'm like, well, how can I use this now? You know, yeah. well, you <laughs> know what it is weird until you get a check. I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you right now. And like, I pick up, like I have this, I've always been, I had this ability. I figured out early on to, to hear things and then learn it very quickly to the point where it hindered me as a young musician because I refused to like read music because I just, 
could memorize it instead. Right. And it was quicker for me to memorize things. And, right. and it, over time, like it, I turned into like being able to mimic people's voices or mimic sounds or whatever. And when I hear, when I hear you talking, I heard it earlier and comparing it to like EJ, it's like you, you and EJ, you both have this extra at the, the very low register of your voice that like, like I have a pretty deep voice and you can hear it coming through the microphone, but you have this extra like half an octave of low in your voice that, yeah. that resonates, but what it, it physically resonates in, in someone's ears. That's why like it, it stands out. It's like, it's like, you know, on the opposite end, it's like uh, the, the nanny Fran Drescher or whatever her name is. Like she's got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, it just, it resonates to where you're like, I don't know if this is pissing me off or turning me on. I don't know what's going on here. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting annoyed. You know, and hard. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> and, and it's like, that's with, you know, it's like. Like, I'm angry, <laughs> but I'm happy. Yeah, I'm not too mad about it. <laughs> You've got this extra, you have like this extra basement on your voice. That's what that is that's so unique. And like, right, I'm we've had. I'm that phrase. We've basement on my voice. I we, like that. We've, we've <laughs> had, it, yeah, 160 some you know, episodes of this podcast and, and I'm not just saying it to say, it, but I'm glad Daryl brought it up because I thought about that immediately when we started talking, I was like, Holy shit. What is every yeah. football player have yeah. like, a, just a, <laughs> what, what is this? This is crazy. And, uh, I don't have it, but fucking no, CJ got it. Like, you got that. Daryl's you got that. that nah, I've said man. it. Call one of these days this week, call Daryl, let it go to voicemail, <laughs> Daryl and listen to his voicemail. Tell me that's not, voiceover material it's incredible it's like whoa like it's it's really good but <laughs> but but uh yeah you you definitely have that similar you know tone you should definitely you got to do something with that man yeah dude you got to because we say ej enrique joseph we 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 coin him the voice of the everyman because he does all our stuff and he's been on like this is a young kid that worked here at nfl films as a production assistant and like after year one, like he's in here, like cutting stuff that I inside the NFL highlights, doing the whole nine yards. Right. And he's like, and he's like twenty some years old. And I'm like EJ, bro. You need, you don't need to be doing this. Like, you, like you just you like your thing is all up in here. And he's like, what do you mean? So I'm trying to. It's crazy. <laughs> see, that, <laughs> see right? See that right there? Like, my yeah, eyes, yeah, exactly. My like my fucking retinas are shaking out of my eye sockets. And then, like he's just talking about. And then he's like, you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, back up. You heard me. Like it's like I'm like that needs to be elsewhere. And so like, bro, he left here, bro, and he's just like doing movie trailers like transformers and, and shit it's crazy he did like bumblebee Transformer, good morning america yeah. like opening and uh, he's everywhere bro like he was he and, does some voice yeah. on a some anime show my wife was watching like we were podcasting and like i come out of the room and she's watching chorus adventures of Korra, or something like that oh yeah dude, and then yeah, like and then yeah. it's like last time i'm like holy shit that's ej you know like it's it, yep. it's crazy <laughs> it's it's yep, wild yep and and you could be doing it. I could be like, yo, man, my dog CJ is the hellified DJ, man. He's playing lead. And he got a voiceover thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> And he's got the dark and stormy, the quiet storm yeah. voice. Oh you could do God, that. You yeah. could do your own like DJ Siege. You could do your own uh, you know, oh fucking right. Voice oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, know. I, I should really do that. <laughs> you I should, really man. Should. You should. You should do it and then have people be like, like, man, who is that that guy? <laughs> you, you you wouldn't know him. 
Like, but it's you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> look, I'll, I'll be waiting for that day that, uh, you know, you, you, everybody hears me on the radio and be like, oh, man, that siege, you know, or, or hears me anywhere. Because, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I can't, I'll say this, I can't be talking to my buddy, you know, in, in the locker room at the gym and then have a complete stranger walk over to me while I'm butt naked talking about, oh, man, that voice. True <laughs> <laughs> uh, story. Yeah. And I was like, huh. <laughs> Say, like, really, right. dude? Like, in here? Like, come on, man. Was, like, this, is, this is poor timing. Men's locker room. <laughs> Ill-advised. Yeah. Good times. Ill-advised. <laughs> right. I do, not recommend, I do not recommend approaching a man to tell him about his voice while he is changing at the gym. Yeah. Not a good look, man. It's just not a good look. Possibly. But I appreciate you, bro, but not like this. Yeah, possibly yeah. wait five minutes and we'll talk when I have just, pants yeah, on. Just catch me outside, pretend yeah. like you're getting some water. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something. Just I'd rather you follow like me it. to my car than. Uh... <laughs> right. Yeah, I would much rather that, actually. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's great. CJ, we've we've got we've been running through everything here. I, I want to kind of boil it down to one last question here for you, brother. Um if you had like one piece of advice, you know, some one boiled down piece of advice to give your younger self from every the every, or maybe the every man, the every woman, kind of trying to figure out like what's their next move, you know, what would that be? I just got to say, you know, it might sound cliche to you know follow your passions, um, but you know, uh, my passions drive me through the hard times. You know, DJing is great, but everything that is involved with DJing necessarily isn't. You know, there's a lot of hustle with it. There's a lot of, you know, gear and, and, and you really have to be your own business and businessman. So there's skills that aren't about DJing that you really do have to pick up and that's going to be for anything. So I feel like me wanting to do the DJing helps me drive through to, to build my LLC with adapt music and, you know, do, you know, just continue to go. And I want to do things that drive me and that are passionate because they're always going to carry you through those hard times. So, you know, I was passionate about football. I really put my head down. And when I woke up, I had an opportunity to the NFL. So here, you know, in, in this new season, in this new age of my life, I'm just excited to, you know, have this opportunity to know what I did the first time, still have a passion for the things I'm doing and, and put my head down and, and go right for those things and help them drive me through. So keep following the things that you love and reach out for help. There are people, you know, I wouldn't have got here on my own. That is the truth for anything that I'm doing, whether it was the DJing or the football, you know, even the encouragement with the voiceover, you know, it's from people giving me that encouragement that I even have started to do voiceover work and, and try to start in this, this field to build a career and another life out of. So yeah, those are the two things that I could give to, to every man and, and every woman listening to the podcast. That's that's great advice. Money. Man. That's great advice. Money. And, uh, you know, we, we, we dropped a lot of different links here. What's uh, What are the best places for people to keep up with DJ Siege, what you're doing? Uh, they want to kind of maybe get involved in coding. Give us give us all the places again, you know, where to keep up okay, with you, yeah. what you're involved in. Um, um, just start off with myself. Uh, you know, you can find me at the DJ Siege. That's S I E G E uh, on all social media platforms. Uh, that's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram is where I uh, do a lot of my posting. Um, 
Also, uh, SiegeTheMusic.com is my website, so you can get information on me, uh, booking through there. Uh, additionally, uh, UTM uh, Radio, again, uh, download the app. Uh, also, the Nest Recording Studios, that's the recording studio based off of uh, UTM where we do the recording. Uh, and then BreakBeatCode.com, so you can get uh, learn a little bit more about the, the hackathons that we're doing and the coding that we're doing. If you are, are interested and, and, and want to be involved and, and want to learn more about Python and know uh, organizations that have people that could use uh, the, the uplift of just having a different perspective of life and, and, and getting, you know, <clears throat> Broadway actors and people in the industry of music to come speak and, and teach a, a, a tangible skill, uh, you know, breakbeatcode.com. Um, but uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's basically it. That's perfect. And if, if you're listening to just the mm. audio version of this show right now, uh, Swipe up on your app of choice. All those links will be below in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you know, subscribe, hit the bell, check out DJC's YouTube channel in the show notes below. Uh, CJ, seriously, man, one of my favorite interviews in a long time. Thank you so much for, yeah, for joining man. us. We know you, you're going to be, uh, you're, we know you're going to come back on it's, it's whether you want to or not. Um, CJ, best of luck, man. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're an inspirational guy. And uh, thank you for joining us here. Will do, and really appreciate you guys having me. Take care, gang. Thanks.